It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to this episode of the E-Commerce Master Plan podcast. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator and host of this award-winning show, and it's my aim in every episode to help you find ways to improve your e-commerce business. So thank you once again for tuning in. Um, And of course, as you know, I really like to hear how you guys are finding the show, how it's helping you, maybe what you'd like us to feature in the future. Then you can, if you want to let me know as well, then you can do that via social media. Just use the hashtag EcomMasterPlan. Now, we've got some interesting stuff for you today. Interesting stuff. And interesting stuff is an occasional section in the show where I bring you anything particularly interesting that I found out about recently in the e-commerce world. This might be an event, a white paper, a new supplier, or just something really cool I think you should know about. You can find all the interesting stuff organised by episode at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash stuff. Now, one of the benefits, uh, let's say, of the new no travel work from home culture is that many of the awesome events that usually happen offline are now happening online. This time of year in particular is usually a total diary nightmare for me and I imagine for a lot of you as well because there's just so many great events going on that to get to all of them physically would be utterly impossible. Whereas with them being online, you can of course sign up to all of them and then cherry pick the sessions and the bits you want to see, which means you can attend lots of different events in half the time it used to take you to attend one. So this week in Interesting Stuff, I have a top event pick for you, and it's Lengao Day 2020, happening in a couple of weeks' time on the 1st of October, um, and it's totally free. Usually it's an event in Paris. This year it's all online, and they're making the most of being online with a super expanded list of sessions and with content time to suit the time zones of Asia, Europe, and the US, which I think is properly impressive. And I love how they've really focused on their customer, on their attendee, to get the content right, to get the structure right, to get what's happening right. It's There's a lot of interactive sessions. Um, so it's going to be a really, really good event. Now, before I tell you more, as I said, I said a second or two ago, but just to be confirmed, this is totally free to attend. So there is no excuse at all not to join over 4,000 other retailers in getting your access to this super lineup. Now, whilst the event is primarily aimed at retailers selling on marketplaces, and there is some amazing sessions about that, including the majority of the major marketplaces taking to the virtual stage, even if you're not yet selling on marketplaces, there's a lot of great marketing content. I'm hosting a panel session on Marketing 4.0. The marvellous Luke Carthy, who's one been uh, a guest talking about SEO on the Keep Optimising podcast, our sister podcast, he's chaired a session, or he is chairing rather, a session on internationalisation. And there's quite a few cool sessions on social media as well, such as Snapchat, Pinterest and how you can drive sales from them. It's all happening on October the 1st. So you've got time to get your virtual seat booked. So I would do that sooner rather than later. So you can really, you know, take your, your proper look at the agenda and make sure you're signed up to all the right bits for you. And then block them off in your diary. Just because you're signed up doesn't mean you get the knowledge. You've got to actually turn up. So make sure you put it in the diary and block it off so no one else can put meetings in. You can obviously just search for Lengao Day 2020 and you will find it. We've also got the links to it and all the other uh, interesting stuff at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash stuff. 
In today's episode, we're chatting with the managing director of a firm who specialises in selling um, products for pets that come via prescription from your vet. So quite a niche area, but a fascinating area. And we're going to be talking about how they've dealt with the problems that huge growth in sales has caused them in recent weeks and months and about the different layers of that, you know, how you look after your team, how you deal with a direct dispatch scenario, how you um, optimize your warehouse, recruitment. We're going to be talking about um, office layouts, all kinds of good stuff coming up in this episode. Before we get into all of that, though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That's why it's trusted by over 38,000 e-commerce brands. Build your contact lists and emails that pop and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create Create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Klaivu is the leading end-to-end discovery platform for e-commerce businesses, enabling merchants to deliver personalised and intelligent search and navigation experiences for their shoppers. Klaivu's machine learning algorithm and rich NLP takes search queries beyond keyword-based matching, delivering exactly what shoppers want and more. Regardless of the platform, Klaivu provides a seamless integration process for all retailers. Try it out for free at klaivu.com forward slash schedule a demo. That's K-L-E-V-U dot com forward slash schedule dash a dash demo. And now to introduce today's special guest. Neil Fitzpatrick is the Managing Director at Pet Drugs Online, the UK's leading online pharmacy service for pets, set up and run by vets in Somerset, UK. They launched in 2005 and are on track for £50 million in sales this year with a 33% yearly growth rate. Hello, Neil. Hello, Chloe. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm excited to catch up with you because you work in such an interesting sector and um, you've also had some very interesting things going on recently. So um, before we get into all of that, how did you get involved in the world of e-commerce? Uh, I used to be a carpenter years and years ago. And one one particular day I said to myself, you know what, I think I'm going to go and uh, learn how to build websites. So that's what I did. And uh, I did a... It's got myself back to college, learned how to build websites, and I had no plan after that. Um, I ended up working for an extreme sports uh, wholesaler in uh, just outside Bristol. Um, and after a few months there, I kind of had enough of that, and I wanted to go build websites again. Um, and they said, well, actually, the real retail side of the business is looking for somebody to look after their website. So we went and had a chat. We had another chat and another chat. And then they said, yes, you go ahead and look after uh, the retail website. Uh, and that website is route1.co.uk, which is a skateboard um, and, and urban lifestyle website. Um, I knew nothing about the world of e-commerce and they knew nothing about the world of e-commerce. So between us, over a seven-year period, we uh, we built the business up to being one of the number one, well, the number one extreme sports uh, websites in uh, the UK. It had the largest, I think, skateboard collection in the world online. And we went from a turnover of 150,000 a year in the first year to 15 million turnover seven years later. 
So it was literally a baptism of fire. Um, I had never heard of AdWords. I'd never heard of SEO. I'd never heard of uh, social media. Well, social media back in those days wasn't really uh, prevalent. Um, but it was literally trial and error, trial and error, trial and error, and a belief in what we were doing. And suddenly I went from a team of me to a team of 25. So it was everything, a mix of uh, PPC, SEO, um, data, graphic design, video. So we, we literally got the whole team involved and we kind of went on it together. So that's how I got into e-commerce. Wow, quite a, an impressive, impressive entrance into this world. And how did you end up going from skateboards and extreme sports to pet drugs? Uh, that's a good question as well. I went, uh, I kind of got to the point with that particular company that I thought, well, this is it. I can't really go any further. Uh, so I decided I wanted to take my time and see what the larger corporate side of uh, the world was going to be like. So I ended up going back to Dublin uh, and joining Eason's, who are, I suppose, Ireland's equivalent of WH Smith. And I felt at the time I needed to work for a much, much larger organization to really get to kind of grips with, uh, you know, how buying teams work properly, how, you know, IT, how a, a bigger kind of beast will work. And how e-commerce works within a bigger beast. And I, I have to say it was fascinating. Uh, I was there you know, two years um, and we completely elevated their, their e-commerce uh, part of the business because even though they were a very large corporate business, I don't really think at the time anyone was taking the e-commerce side of the business very seriously. It was just something that they were told they kind of should have. They really realized what really they should be doing with this websites or understand what really you're trying to uh, achieve with it. Um, and everything was about the next sale and the next sale, which was not really how we saw it as the e-commerce team. It was much more about the overall journey of what the customer was trying to, to achieve. And that was just to simply buy and choose the next book. The idea that they may actually get it sent to the door wasn't that important to us at the time. For us, it was about getting that customer to come into an Eason store or, or to buy online, it didn't matter to us. Um, so it was that kind of first evolution of, of those omni-channel days, if you like. So it was very, it was a good, exciting time. Um, I think at the end, I inputted more into, into their business than they inputted to my opinion of uh, the world of corporations. I ended up uh, leaving Eason's then and I ended up working for Arnett's who are owned by Selfridges. Arnott's is one of the two biggest department stores in Dublin. It's now Brown Thomas Arnott's. And I ended up working across both brands. Um, again, it was to elevate their e-commerce business um, and a much, much different beast working for a large um, department store. Uh, so frantic, so absolutely honest every single day. It was very much a trading environment. Um, and, and I learned so much uh, from that point of view. Excellent. So a lot of experience. And is that was it from there you ended up coming back to work with uh, the pharmacy world? Well, that's, yeah. So I've, I suppose I'd sold everything at that stage. I'd sold uh, lifestyle. I'd sold uh, dreams. <laughs> I'd 
sell school books. I'd sell, sell pencils. So uh, I suppose uh, pharmacy and food was the only place I could go after that. Um, no, a job came up for the MD of Petros and Line. I went along, and I really actually went along for the experience of going for an MD role, if I'm honest. I didn't actually expect that they'd give it to me. Anyway, they gave it to me. <laughs> Uh, I think at the time they recognized that they needed a, a thoroughbred uh, digital person to run the business. And I think they, they were absolutely spot on with that decision. Um, it is an online digital business only. Um, everything we do is is, is online. Um, and it was a great, great business. So it was an, it was a great kind of opportunity to walk into a business that was already established. It was already doing really, really well. And then to immediately see that there was so much low-hanging fruit to be able to just crack on with. And, and that's what we did. We just cracked on with it. In the first year I was there, we saw 47% growth. The next year we saw 35. This year we see 33. So we're doing really, really well. Um, and the team has evolved along with us. And, uh, yeah, we, 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 we keep Growing within the business in ourselves, I think, as a team, I don't think the great thing about e-commerce is you're never done. There's always another thing to explore. There's another thing to become an expert in. Uh, and I think that's the greatest thing. The, the, the biggest pleasure for me in e-commerce is the ever-changing landscape. Just when you think you have it, 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 it's always evolving right in front of your eyes. And I think that's really, really exciting. And that brings us on nicely to my next question, which is the obviously the biggest change and thing we've had to adapt to this year is COVID-19. So how has it been for, for you guys? Um, it's been it's been a lot of things. Um, <laughs> we uh, we went from doing, you know, we were 25 percent up year on year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew we knew something was coming. As a, as a group of people, we, we gathered uh, to kind of get ourselves ready for what was coming about two weeks before the surge happened, before lockdown hit. So I think we were we were pretty prepared. We were, in ourselves, we were pretty prepared. We had started a, uh, a project anyway uh, that we were referring to as advanced warehousing, and that was very much around streamlining the data that was flowing inside the building already. Um, and taking out as much manual process out of that data process as we could. So that work had started. If we hadn't started that work and got ourselves into a really good shape with the efficiencies in the warehouse, we would have been in an awful lot more trouble than we, we could have been. Um, so, yeah, walked into work on March 16th and sales went up by 400%. And it was wow. nuts. It was nuts. Uh, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, it just did not give up. For about two weeks, um, we had to basically hustle. So we scaled up uh, inside the first two days. We hired 30 new warehouse staff. 30? Three zero? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um so that meant in training on the floor, get going. We had to, we couldn't scale up that much of customer service because our customer service, it's not like selling, you know, shoes or t-shirts. Um, you have to be you have to go through a six-week program of training to get on our phones because there is advice, there's um, adherence, there's legalities to what we're saying to people on the phone. Um, so 
the girls literally went from a, an average week email response would have been about 4,000 emails. Uh, then the week after uh, COVID hit, lockdown hit, we did 25,000 emails. Uh, Whoa. In that first four days. So the customer service demand grew considerably more than the order demand. So you said orders were at 400%. And if you went from 4,000 a week to 25,000 in four days, that's more than five times, isn't it? Yes. So so basically, well, a lot of our customers actually are customers who, although they'll come online, they will actually give you same time. Uh, and they want to speak to somebody and they want advice and they want to feel that they're being, you know, that they're told somebody who knows what they're talking about. Um, so basically what happened was everybody, all our competitors were buying food from the same stock pool from the manufacturers. Uh, that stock pool just went every direction it could. So you were basically in some some sections of brand and 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 uh, food type, you are actually selling food that didn't exist. So a pet food that's bought by by um, uh, prescription for for the for the pets, that was your version of toilet paper, basically. Pretty, pretty, it was, pretty much. Pretty it much, was gone. Yeah. <laughs> it was gone. But I mean, everybody was the same. Uh, it, it took me two weeks to suspend all sales of food off the website. Now. Food for me is 28% of my overall business. I took it off the website because the actual manufacturers and the supply chain collapsed. So instead of me having to get a, like we drop ship a lot of our larger bags of dog food, um, that would usually have a turnaround of maybe two to three days. Uh, suddenly we were seeing 10 days, 12 days, 14 days, and you're reliant on your supplier to give you the information. So you're, you're, you're sitting there with the information, you're trying to be transparent, you're trying to give the customer, you know, every understand what is happening. And people at the other end aren't telling you and keeping you up to date. So for about, you know, three weeks, four weeks, it was absolute carnage carnage and people were ringing up and people were emailing in and they were right to do that because you know suddenly they were at home and they wanted to know where their medicines and they wanted to know where their um, dog food had gone to so we were trying to keep up with that demand now for the most part you we had we were throwing out maybe thirty five thousand orders a, a week out of the back of the warehouse uh the dropship was probably doing about ten thousand uh, in, for the most cases, we kept on top of us somehow. Uh, we had to uh, we had to increase uh, capacity to working in the warehouse to fifteen hours a day, seven days a week to meet that demand. We didn't fall down; it was basically the supply chain that fell down. So, but then you're doing the cleanup from that uh, supply chain fallout. Yeah, it's like the direct dispatch guys; they get you and maybe five other people who they do direct dispatch for on the phone, but you get every single one of those customers coming in going, you told me it would be here this week. It's still not here. What's going on? Well, we don't have any answers because we've been told it should be with you by now. And it's, I mean, I've, I've spoken to, to um, not on the podcast for anyone who's going to go and try and hear this being talked about off the record. I've spoken with, with, um, with re online retailers who found that customer service influx so negative and so difficult to deal with, they just shut down their communications channels. 
did you cons- did you do that or did you you know just do your best to support your team and keep keep the customers as happy as you could? Uh, well, there's only so many ways you can keep saying the same thing to the same. <laughs> yeah, and that it really is what what it came down to. Um, we are, we did change our communication strategy. I was personally writing the coronavirus updates every day. We had to change language quite a few times. We had to change our language as well to suit the mood of the nation and plus to suit the emotions of what was happening around us. Um, and we had to try and, and, and be very, very adaptable and very agile within that communication. You know, we didn't want to overawe the, the emotions of it, but at the same time, we, we couldn't deny the emotions of what people were, were feeling in themselves as well. These are extreme, extreme occasion, extreme measures that we were dealing with. So I think if anything, as a business, as a brand, we became far more transparent about who we were and how our business actually works to try and actually get it across to people that I am really sorry, but right now, I can do no more than I'm already doing for you as a customer. That language has changed so many times in the last eight weeks. So those were literally uh, proactive communications to the customers who were waiting. So like an email broadcast every day going out to them, giving them that update. For the first two weeks, we were doing an email every single day. So all the marketing as a traditional email marketing channel stopped it was then it was not email marketing anymore it was email communication and it was social communication and it was phone communication so we were changing the messages as you even the, the phone waiting messages uh, so our tone changed and our tone became much more personable and and we always did have a kind of a, a theory about brand empathy people are already you know, they're getting hit with so many messages every single day. And considering our audience, our audience are already one of the most emotive audiences you can you can imagine. Other than, you know, mums-to-be or new mums, that's literally, you're on that edge of everything has to be perfect for that customer. If you get it right in our, in our game, you get it really, really right. If you get it wrong, you get it really, really wrong. <laughs> So it is It is understanding that. Plus the girls are coming in every day and they're getting hit, verbally getting hit by people in a very negative way. So, you know, how are they not going to take that home with them every day? And then to a family who are telling them they shouldn't be coming into work every day. So it's you're, you're dealing with customers' emotions and, uh, and, and staff emotions at the same time. Our communication has definitely changed again it's it is very much you can order with confidence but let's just now call a spade a spade (laughs) our our dispatch system throughout this entire country is not running the way it was running pre-covid you just have to accept that it may take longer to get your goods to you and that's just what you're going to have to do and there is a little bit of a message of accept it now because it's going to take a long time for the dispatch and the logistics um, system in the country to kind of get back to anywhere near normal again. Yeah, it's it's um, data that I've seen is that it's been in kind of March and April and going into May, we've been seeing Christmas level volumes, like verging on Black Friday level volumes across across the UK. And I believe this is being seen in, in a similar way across the world as well, for those of you listening outside the UK. And you know that's something which the couriers and the systems—they're not just—they're just not set up for it this time of year, understandably. And I do wonder if it's going to change customers' 
perspective of how they how they think about delivery. I know fast and free is important, but I think there may be a bit more patience with consumers around empathy for the delivery drivers who, let's face it, have been a lot of ours lifeline over the last last few months and weeks. Um, and also potentially more of a, a an acceptance of not needing everything next day. Oh, completely. We're, we're seeing that already. We, we, we surveyed people up to last week about what is the most important uh, part of, you know, why they're customers of Petro's and Line. Uh, up to last week, 80% of the people said that actually delivery wasn't top priority anymore. And I think that's wow. remarkable in its own way. We were actually quite bowled over by that, that 80% of people said, no, look, we're actually accepting the situation now. Uh, at the end of the day, we we know why the customer is coming to us as a brand. 69% of people are basically coming to us because of value for money. That is the same thing people were coming to brands 10 years ago for value for money. And the same thing will happen in 10 years' time. People will go to brands for value for money and great, great service. They're the, they're the two big mm. things here. So, you know, for all the, you know, the great new channels of how we can connect with our customers, for all the technology and the clever ways that we can implement good UX and good UI, for all the different devices that we can actually, you know, use, it is at the end of the day, those two separate things, value for money and great service that are going to be the win every time. I just think brands now have to admit even if they, you know, well, not admit, but they have to really go down a kind of a journey of honesty here with their customers and empathy. Even if you are even a fashion retailer, I just think you have to be just a little bit more honest and, and not create a, a, an aspirational lifestyle, but be just more honest with, with that customer about who you are, about who, who they are. I feel like um, like throughout this this time period, what we've seen is an acceleration of trends that were happening anyway. And and this, and you, you know, you're saying about how we need to have more empathy with the customer and we need to, to reveal more of our business to the customer and be more real. And it's something which we've seen with, you know, the rise of of Instagram influencers. Is a, it's, it's a very different way of, of doing the trend, but it's a very similar thing where people are wanting that personal connection, that real connection with people, not just the shiny, shiny all the time. And I, I think, you know, and with delivery and with with so many different elements of what's been happening, I think we've, we've just seen that acceleration of things that were already happening. And I think what's going to be really interesting is how much that sticks and how not and doesn't roll back. I definitely think it's a lot of it's going to stick. And I, I completely agree. It's accelerated so much of what we were already evolving our way towards, even the environmental message. Mm. And we were we were very much going down that, that route, um, not for any kind of marketing essence, but purely because we felt it was the right thing to do for our business. And that a lot of what we were initially trying to do with the advanced warehousing project was actually to take away printing out of the business. From the end of that project, we'll have taken 60% of our print uh, out of the business completely. That's huge. Yeah, it's incredible. But then you also, you look at the systems you're using. We, I walked in and inherited this warehouse system that, that you know, it's still, it works very, very well, but it's still a, it's not an intelligent data system. It's not like a, a search functionality on your website that is learning by behavior. 
It's mm-hmm. just a lucky system. So when you step back and you kind of go, well, actually, we're just taking for granted what this system does. When actually, if we could actually enhance a little bit here and enhance a little bit there, I see, hold on, there's a massive benefit all the way down at the end here. And that is as simple as we will lose 60% of our print. Uh, and that that is a fantastic good news piece for us. But then that inspires other things that we want to do in the business as well, even coming to you know the lights in the building and how, how we, we use energy for that or where we're getting the energy for that. So there's lots of things like that I think is going to stick. I think... Uh, I think, yeah, it's the honesty piece for me is, is is the biggest piece. I think the day of the influencers on, on things like Instagram, I think a lot of influencers are going to suffer. I don't think people are going to be maybe as influenced by the influencers. They kind of want something even realer, don't they? they yeah, I do, yeah. I do, yeah, I do. I do think that. But I also think people are communicating better with people themselves nowadays they're not just sitting back they're being they're bringing themselves forward a bit more in social media i can see it even on my instagram pages um you know friends of mine who i wouldn't have seen on instagram maybe once or twice a month are now suddenly doing full-on videos inspirational videos and they want to share this i need to do something for everybody you know which is great so i I do think the influencers are you know may may not come back as 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 evolved as they were uh pre-covid and you've also now moved um moved most of your team working from home haven't you do you think that's something which you will continue with after this or or the second they can all come back into the office are you going to make them all back come back no i think the the days of the traditional office is over uh i've actually last week knocked my office down literally taken a sledgehammer to the bricks yeah we literally upstairs we i took my own personal office out i took a meeting room out and now made the entire thing open plan the idea then is that nobody genuinely gets their own desk anymore. So we're going to have a hot, hot desk kind of uh, mentality. It's just, and we're spacing desks out. We're giving people more space. When the day comes, what is it? It's May. So when the day comes that we actually get to go back into the office, I think is a long, long way off. But when we do, I don't think those who can will ever come back traditionally to do five days a week in an office ever again. I think are well and truly gone we've proved that working from home works um i think some people in my team they struggled with it but now they have kind of just come to the realization that uh you know it's it's not as hard as they kind of were making it out on their own in their own in some ways what i said to the guys before uh, we, we sent everyone back home to work was basically you need two things to work from home you need to be at home and you need to work. That's it. Uh, oh, there's no greater mystery to it than that. Um, uh, yeah, listen to the people who say you need your own area. You need that area to, you know, don't don't be working from home when you're in bed and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I think we will have people in. We will have key meetings face to face, but obviously with social distancing. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I don't think it'll ever go back to how it was ever. And um, another question I, I have to ask is, given that drop shipping caused the majority of your headaches over the last couple of months, in the future, will you continue to do drop shipping or you, will you protect yourselves and actually have the large bulky bags of feed delivered to your warehouse to be dispatched? 
Um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of where we'll probably end up heading. Um, but it's that's all down to capacity as well. Um, food for me is is not the biggest part of the business. It is calm. It is medicine, and and we take control of that already. So um, we, we, you know, from that point of view, we're in good shape. Um, and I think for me, if anything that's come out of this, that's really what I want to concentrate even further on uh, as a business. Uh, but yeah, we will probably start moving our way uh, away from drop shipping over the next year to two years. But a lot of that also has to do with the capacity of one, you being able to do that. And also two, can that meet your own ambition for that channel and that type of product? Uh, our ambition is huge. Uh, we wouldn't be seeing growth rates of 33, 34% year on year if, if it wasn't. Um, it's everything that we're doing. We're very experimental with everything we do. Um, we've turned into a much bigger experimental phase on the website as well. So everything we do, we, we trial first, whether that be a color, a word, a piece of content. So um, the same thing goes for how we do the actual logistics as well. We, we like to trial everything and make sure that we're making the right decision before we pull the plug. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. And if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? Well, that's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your contact list, send memorable emails, automate key messages and more. Way, way more. Whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster. And it's free to get started. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Klaviyo is the leading end-to-end -end discovery platform for e-commerce businesses, enabling merchants to deliver personalised and intelligent search and navigation experiences for their shoppers. Klaviyo's machine learning algorithm and rich NLP takes search queries beyond keyword-based matching, delivering exactly what shoppers want and more. Regardless of the platform, Klaviyo provides a seamless integration process for all retailers. Try it out for free at klaviyo.com forward slash schedule a demo. That's K-L-E-V-U dot com forward slash schedule dash a dash demo. It's time for the top tips round. Now, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Neil, you ready for the top tips? Top tips, yeah, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> you sound so nervous. It's going to be fun. Um, okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Uh, I would recommend e-commerce website optimization for by Dan Crox and John and Johan van Tonder. Uh, great book, really good ideas, um, and it's uh, it actually gets you to think about uh, really where you can make a bigger difference with your website. It is. I'm going to second that. It's a great book. I know both of the authors personally, and they are incredibly good at CRO. And we actually had Johan on the podcast a while ago. So if you're listening and want to listen to that, I will put a link to it in the show notes for you all. Okay. The traffic top tip, which marketing method do either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? 
Um, there's two actually. I would say Facebook ads and Amazon ads. Um, I think we've had crazy success with Facebook ads. I think if you create really, really good content, you're going to have a really, really good campaign. We don't get many people mentioning um, the Amazon ads, but yeah, they are super powerful. So thank you for that. The um, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? It really depends on what you're trying to achieve. Uh, I think from a content creation and management point of view, we use Basecamp um, and that just seems to work very, really well for us. And then things like Confluence for uh, big development projects. Uh, I think that's quite easy to keep track of uh, various things. But inside our world right now, it's all about Microsoft Teams. <laughs> I love the, love the way that so many businesses have have discovered the full extent of some of the software they already were paying for. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's very true. And how we all uh, rattled with joy on Friday when we realized uh, that you can see more than four people in Teams now. Yeah, oh, these the simple things, isn't it? The simple things just make such a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1000, what would be your number one tip for them? It's it's traffic. It's getting traffic, I'm afraid. So each and every way you can get traffic, you have to get traffic. If you're getting 100 orders a day, you're getting traffic from someplace, but you're not getting basically. Um, organic has changed. The world of paid, paid click has changed. Direct is is, is uh, a child of both of them. Email is not going away. Email is still a great channel. Don't let it uh, slip between your fingers because email has got tons of potential still. And social media, social media, social media, social media. Wow. There you go, guys. Traffic, traffic, traffic. Um, Neil, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? You can find the UK's leading number one uh, online pet pharmacy at www.petdrugsonline.co.uk. Excellent. Short and sweet. I like it. Um, Neil, thank you so much for being on the e-commerce master plan podcast today and sharing so much so candidly of how you've been dealing with, with recent events. It's been much appreciated. Very good. Thank you very much, Chloe. And uh, yeah, the very best. Lovely to chat with Neil um, about what well, he was being quite so candid about how they found the, you know, we're recording this uh, towards the end of May. So it's been, what, two months or so now of going through this and those challenges they've seen and how they've adapted. And I love the fact that he's, as a managing director, as he should, he's looking at it from multiple angles. He's looking at it from how they communicate with the customers and how they look after the customers. He's looking at it from the supply chain side, from literally smashing down walls in the office to to look after his team and to look after the kind of like the the team um, culture, I suppose, that's evolved during this. And you know, when we have these huge challenges in business, it is hard to remember to think about all those different angles, those different levels of it, because it can be very easy to get focused on just solving one thing to the exclusion of all else. And you have to maintain that big picture. You can get your hands on the notes from today's show, including those top tips, links, details of related episodes, including the one featuring Johan van Tonder about conversion rate optimization. Um, you can get all of that over at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. And if you're enjoying e-commerce master plan podcast, then please do share it with your e-commerce friends over TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, 
coffee or a pint if you're allowed to do such things in your area. Um, I don't mind, but it'd be lovely to get more people um, listening because the more people we can help, the more reason I have for you know creating this and the more we, we tick my goals. So yeah, please do share the word with those who you think may find these episodes useful. I hope you have a great week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.